0: и мимитипитипити а а
1: Welcome to Essential Conversations. I'm your host, Rebecca Mears, with my co-host, Luca Hallex. And before we dive in with our guest today, I want to take a minute to acknowledge that we are broadcasting live from the mountains up here, SFU Burnaby Campus. And this is actually the unceded ancestral territory of the Coast Salish peoples, the Squamish, the Musqueam, the Coquitlam, and the Tsleil-Waututh. And it's important to me to do the land acknowledgement because it's like that anchoring in of where we are. We say our names, we say what we're doing, but it's so important to remember where we are. Where we stand. Where we stand. Mm-hmm. And where we stand is not ours. <laughs> Frankly. Yes, we appropriated it. Yes. And joining us here, another settler on the land, we have Kira Reed. And hey, (laughs) we're so glad that you're joining us here today. Kira is the Summer Outreach and Programming Assistant, Mm -hmm. and they have just completed a week with all of the kids who come for summer camp. So, Kira, thank you for joining us when you are, I am sure, exhausted.
2: Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm very happy to be here, and I am very tired. But mm-hmm. I think I think I'll
1: be able to. Well, we'll send you the conversation still. Energy. We'll it's really? Friday yeah. afternoon. Punchy. <laughs> yes. Yes. yes exactly. And we do that well around here. Oh, yeah, good. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Very true. Yeah. Um, we love having our people from CJSF come join us on air, since uh, CJSF is a different kind of a station, and it's made up of different kinds of people, and the diversity that's present amongst the staff and the volunteers. And the programmers and everybody, we would love to take a moment to highlight all those people. So, Kara, thank you. We get to highlight you today Yay. and learn about you. <laughs> so, why don't we get started by talking about um, how did you get connected to CJSF? I, you're a student here at SFU, I believe, I am. right? Of sociology. Yep. Yeah, yes, I'm studying
2: sociology. I'm in my. Third year, yeah, I think my third year. Gosh, I've lost track now. Yeah, Does that yeah. mean you're beginning to specialize now? I am beginning to specialize. Ooh. Yeah, I started my degree in history, but I moved into sociology. Uh, so I'm a little behind other students and <laughs> who are kind of completing their mass, not master, <laughs> major. Yeah, I know exactly, right? right? Yeah, yeah. But but maybe not already. Comes next, maybe. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Um, but how I got started with CJSF is I found that. I love SFU, but it's a hard place to make friends. It's a pretty Mm. isolated campus. It's a commuter campus. And I was like, okay, where can I go to meet cool people who are friendly and doing creative things? And I thought, well, I guess the radio station is probably a good place to start. (laughs) That is a good Uh, place to start. So I came up here and started volunteering a little bit. And then I was following them on social media and saw that they had posted a summer job for a programming and outreach assistant. was looking for a summer job at the time anyways and thought I'd just try my Why hand not? at the applying and I I got the job so Woo-hoo! now I'm here. Yep. Very I'm good. Hoping to definitely continue volunteering after I'm done with the job as well. Nice. So that, this job we were just
3: joking about the job title because it's a big long job title that it doesn't necessarily tell people what it is, unless you already know what those things are. <laughs> so what what is it that you're doing here this summer?
2: I'm doing a lot. Uh, I'm doing... So half of my job is outreach, so the, what that has meant for me is I'm going... I'm working with our PR coordinator a lot, Chris. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going out to festivals and like the Pride Parade, doing tabling, telling people about CJSF and how you can get involved and in what we do and letting them know about our programs. Uh, but it's also meant doing things like... Uh, the kids camp so mm-hmm. I got to this it's an incredible opportunity really and I've learned so much I had to coordinate uh, and facilitate the the whole kids camp and arrange all the workshops that we're doing so that's kind of like the outreach part of my job and then I'm also a programming assistant so that means that I've been helping uh, Jesse and Robin uh, in creating new programming for the show mm. specifically around like special programming areas right. so I worked on Programming for National Indigenous Peoples Day, and I've also worked on programming for Pride.
3: Mm. Yeah, nice. Which are just the ones that have happened over the course of the summer. Yeah. Are there any more big ones coming up before you finish
2: at the end of the summer? Not anything that's on my radar at the moment, but I think we're <laughs> we're still looking, so mm-hmm. we'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. In um, the kids' camps, I, I want to take a minute to talk more about that sure, because yeah. your role in creating and holding that space is something that has benefits that are reaped so far down the road. I mean, one of the reasons why I sit behind the microphone now is because I was at a summer camp, not as a young child, but as a teen. And one of the things that we had to do was make a a radio promo and introduce a song and... I did that. And then they gave me an award for like best rate. And it was just like best rating. What? <laughs> but, but it stuck with me. It was something that tickled me. And it just kind of, I probably still have it stuck somewhere in my, in my house. And it, and it stayed with me this, oh, somebody thought I was good at something that I would never have thought of and would never have considered. And when the kids come and my kid came a couple of years ago, he mm-hmm. did it two years in a row. And, and it, I could see him all shiny when he came out of camp, right? Because it's it's um, inviting youth to sit in a very adult-like space, but they get to bring their childhood innocence in and their creativity and their kind and of bending of the rules too, yeah. right? Because they don't have this sense of what's proper; they just know that they can make noises <laughs> on a thing. Yeah, <laughs> how much of it is making noises?
2: It is. <laughs> I've been totally amazed by the creativity of the kids this week. Yeah. They're just able to take an idea and run with it in a way that I think is harder for people who are older. They kind of, I don't know if they necessarily lose that creativity, but like some of the access to it might be- uh, They learn to be
0: responsible.
3: Yeah. (laughs) And that's weighty and it has a lot of rules and guidelines and and what we project is allowed Mm. and not allowed. Kids don't have as much of that yet.
2: No, they don't. One of my favorite things that we got to do this week was a storytelling workshop where people Mm. brought in objects and then exchanged objects and created a story for something that wasn't theirs. And yeah, just so intensely creative. And the things that they were able to, the worlds they were able to build around an object was amazing to see.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. So good. So what have you learned? I was just gonna say Yeah. Because
3: <laughs> yeah. you have to learn to teach and the kids teach you things. Yeah, and
1: I'm thinking with your interests in sociology and mm-hmm. as a visual artist. Yeah. What what have you been taking away from your experiences here at CJSF with the kids, whatever. Whatever you've been encountering here.
2: I I found that I'm wanting to think a little more freely after kind of watching how they think. I wanna try and Break down when I think something's silly, and just <laughs> d- not letting that stop me from doing something. Because sometimes <laughs> that can turn into something great. Uh, and that's what I've yeah. been
1: learning from them. I think this week, right? Yeah. Don't let the silliness stop you. Yeah, there can still be brilliance and silliness.
3: Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. There was a there was a guy who taught about that. Who he was the the guy who coined the term lateral thinking. Um, his name was Edward de Bono. And he was actually very playful. I saw him live in Toronto and he, had, he, he did all kinds of things with, with a, an overhead projector and felt markers and he, was, he, wasn't, he did silly things without being silly about it.
4: Mm-hmm, um, and, cool.
3: and he said that you have to allow yourself to be silly in, in order for something really profound to come out of it. But if you don't allow yourself the silliness and the chaos, then, then you can never get to that place.
2: Yeah, I yeah. agree. I think with what I want to do, I guess, just now that i kind of got my mind on that topic, is if I can take that into into things like my visual art, being able to not let myself be impeded by like, oh, my, that might look kind of funny or silly, but just go with an idea. So tell us about your visual art. What do uh, you do, and has that evolved oh, over time? Oh, it's definitely evolved. Uh, I've been, I was encouraged to be creative all my life. My mom's an artist, so she was always getting me to draw and paint and do all the things that I could that were creative. Uh, and my I guess my my skill set right now is in I do a lot of graphite drawings, uh, and I mix it's a little bit mixed media, so it'll be a graphite drawing, uh, and I'll then I'll probably bring in some acrylic paint work. I'm very bad at describing my own art, having not gone to art school. I don't know all the technical terms. I'm just like, this is the thing that I created. Well, but Look.
3: creativity like that is not verbal.
2: Yeah, it's not verbal.
3: So so we're taking it away from what it is in order to describe what it is. So,
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, I've definitely gone through a bit of an evolution. I started doing a lot of, like, illustration, and then I got into working a lot with acrylic inks, uh, and i just, like, pour ink on a page and blow on it and see where it went. Oh, cool. Uh, It was really – it was fun. It was a good moment, but I've kind of – I've, again, evolved away from that, and I'm now in this kind of graphite drawing space. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And, of course – you're evolving all the time. Exactly, yeah. So you never know where it's going. Now, why did you decide to study sociology and not art? Oh, that's a tricky question. <laughs> it was,
2: I was torn into uh, when I was trying to like decide to where to go for school. But I, it was a little bit of a practical decision. It was thinking as much as there is an immense value in being an artist and no, there's no such thing as a wasted education, I felt that if I got a degree from an academic university, it might be easier for me to get a job later. But I also have a deep, deep interest in sociology. And at, and I'm still considering this, but at the time of leaving high school, I really wanted to be a high school social studies teacher. Mm-hmm. So that was the best way to get there, was to mm-hmm. go to, to SFU and study sociology, or at the time it was history, but yeah. So what's the, for you, what's the overlap
3: between creative Ooh the creative arts, mm-hmm. uh, visual arts, and sociology. Because even difficult. though you're studying something that isn't art, you're still an artist mm-hmm. in your soul, it sounds like. So there, there must be in, in you as you study one is, is the other. What's, what's that overlap like for you?
2: I think there is definitely an overlap. And I think the things that I learn in my sociology classrooms do get brought into my art in an abstract way things that I like to think about when I'm in a sociology class is these categories that we create within society that are constructed and they aren't static. If you go to a different society, it's going to be different. And they Mm. evolve over time. The category, like the words that we have now for one thing might have meant something else previously. Uh, And thinking about the breaking down of categories is what I'm into at the moment. I'm reading a lot of queer theory which is about this kind of deconstruction of like normative categories, and I try to bring that into my art as well, like deconstruction of categories. I don't know if that makes sense. Absolutely. Oh, wait, Yes, we were talking about it on the way up here in yeah. the car, so... Yeah, we, right? yeah,
1: exactly. No, that's so That's so great. I feel like we're definitely in this ripeness in our society right now. It's really like the edge that we're all exploring, which makes a lot of people nervous or nervous in some areas. And then other people feel freedom and want to run with it. And it gives, you know, um, room to experiment with identities and and um, actions and activities and all kinds of aspects of being in the world that they may not have Felt free to explore in previous generations, like we're representing a couple of previous generations sitting here, Luca and I. Yeah. And um, yeah, um, actually, on the way up, we were we were talking specifically about pronouns and about how language is not up to speed. Yeah, it hasn't with, caught up to us yet. Yes. we're
3: trying to do something that language doesn't reflect yet,
1: and so we're trying to do the best we can. And you use the pronouns mm-hmm. they, them. I do. Yes. Yeah, and it's one of those examples of. of um, It's to step out of they are categories, right? They Mm -hmm. function as categories and what do those categories do to us? She, he. And what's beyond that? Mm -hmm. When we step into they, what are we actually accessing? And I think that's really cool. And then you're talking specifically also about queer theory. So then that's a whole other area where it's all just can we break the... Barriers, really? Yeah, that have kept us from being our fullest selves. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: and like I, what I like about queer theory in particular is it it challenges our conceptions of there being one ex- experience defined by one thing. I was reading, and my knowledge of it is very limited because I'm really just I'm reading no worries, introduction to, it to queer learning theory, right? Good, right? 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 Yes. Um, yeah. But it was talking about how. Like this category of like being gay, for example, might actually, to each individual person, mean a completely different right. thing, mm-hmm. but we have created this structured category of what it, like, I'm using air quotes here, which is a visual right. thing, but, like, should <laughs> mean, right. uh, yeah. in terms of experience, but it's actually, there's so much varied experience within a single category, and how do we mm-hmm. kind of break that down, and how might that category may- maybe not be helping in some yeah. ways?
1: Uh, yeah. I think you can see that, too, in that it used to be LGBTQ, or LGB, and then we we're adding more yeah. initials to the acronym because it's not enough, It's not. It doesn't cover it. Yeah, yeah. It's not representative enough, yeah. and and I wonder what else is next, right? Because this is a thing. This is not. This is a an evolution and mm. a revolution that is happening mm. and we're trying to redefine language what is it that you have been reading on that because i can find a link and i can tweet that out for people. i to to am
2: see. reading honestly i don't even maybe no i don't have it i'm me. putting you on the uh, spot to no to it's okay the name. Uh, i almost brought it with me today you might it also think of it
3: later on in the show
2: and we can the book is it it is called an introduction to queer theory and okay. i i got it for like it for a that. dollar at the out on campus book sale so oh well, that's great
3: yeah. Yes, I'm like I'm sure that that's available online, and I'm sure you know, people is, yeah. can get it. On it's a Amazon fascinating or read. Like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what has it done for you to change your pronoun? Uh, well, I'm assuming you changed it. You may have been using that pronoun for a long time. I've been
2: now. using it for a while. Um, I was, yeah, I'd been using a, a different pronoun previously. Um, yeah. It just makes me feel feel good. Yeah, just makes me feel good.
3: Yeah, and and so if I dig under good,
2: mm-hmm.
3: um, is it what 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 does good encompass for you? Does it is it like a a, f- a freedom? Is it um, like
2: there's a sense of freedom? I think, um, and also it helps me communicate to other people uh, when I meet them how I would like to be seen.
3: Yes, yes, okay. So it says here's here's a platform. Here's a ''m I'm, I'm, I'm throwing the door open for you to come through in this way. yeah, yeah That's a nice way to put it. <laughs> I I mean not nice nice is not a good word, but um, I, I love I, uh, as limiting as language can be, I love language yeah and I especially love metaphors so um, so I like that way of describing it 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 opens some new doors and windows for me in terms of how, how to look at this. Because when, when I was your age, we, we, like, this was not a thing. I mean, I'm sure it was a thing for people who were experiencing it, but, but it wasn't um, available to us. It wasn't opened as a, as a um, it wasn't tabled for conversation. So we couldn't interact over it, because it was, there were no invitations to those conversations. Mm-hmm. So I love the fact that we can have these conversations now mm-hmm. uh, because who knows where they'll go. Um, because when we start sitting down and talking to one another, all kinds of things are possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree.
1: Yeah. How much of this are you seeing reflected and mm, giving, having enough space to go there within your sociology courses? I don't know if I follow. Sorry. So I'm thinking about queer theory and also just general, the, in general, in the, general, the moving beyond the stereotypes and the structures that have been and... For anything. Right. Because, I mean, it's really we're asking the questions about this because there's no mm-hmm. conclusions to be made right now except yeah. for what happens when you no. when yeah. we take this down. Yeah. Is that being examined through your sociology classes? And is that something that...
2: In some of my classes, it is. Mm-hmm. I've just, like I said, just started to kind of start specializing mm-hmm. in places mm-hmm. that, in mm-hmm. areas that I'm more interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't as much present in, like, 101 or what, y- right. the things that you kind of mm-hmm. get the basics from. Um, Intro to. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But I'm hoping that in my next semester, I will really be able to get into these ideas of breaking mm-hmm. down categories and bringing mm-hmm. that into my own, like, work in, so like, through sociology, because mm-hmm. uh, I'm taking like sexuality and society and the sociology right. of knowledge. So I will get to learn, like, what is yeah. knowledge? And how is knowledge constructed? And what do we consider legitimate knowledge? Yeah. So it's all about this right. breaking down of, of what are considered legitimate categories right. of, of whatever.
1: And, right, exactly, yeah. whatever. Yeah. We were just having a big old rant the other day about the idea of what is productivity? And how do we define that as a, as a culture? Yeah, that's and, what I struggle with. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and why do
3: we find it so valuable and against what? I had, a, the I had a big grant Because yeah,
1: a, yeah. a lot of our culture, <laughs> a lot of our systems, they are absolutely they, – they there's a value system that is built into this concept of what is productive and what's not. And this is present through all kinds of different things. So we've got all these different categories. We're labeling them good, bad, or better, best, whatever, not so good. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, what's beyond that? Yeah. Now I'm. Yeah. Okay. Luca's ready. So, to go.
3: so for those of you just joining <laughs> us, we'd we'd just like to remind you that you're listening to Essential Conversations here at uh, CJSF on a Friday afternoon with uh, Luca and Rebecca, and our guest today is Kira Reed, um, and. Uh, they are a summer outreach and programming assistant, a queer visual artist, and a student of sociology. And we're exploring all of that and more,
1: and where, <laughs> wherever it spills over into that, we don't even know we can go yet. I feel like it's time for us to play one of your songs. Okay. And which one would you like to pick first? Oh,
2: I don't know. One of them has a more is more upbeat, and one of them's a little a little sad. Maybe let's start with the sadder one, okay, which is we- the. Um,
1: I think it's To You. To You? Yeah. Okay. So we got Andy, is it Schauf? I say shelf, but okay, I actually shelf. don't know. All right. <laughs> We're going to say shelf, Andy Schauf, if it's not your correct pronunciation of your name, we apologize. Uh, and so the song is To You. Would you like to tell us before we play it or after we play it, while you picked it? I can tell you a little bit before.
2: Yeah. Uh, I was introduced to this song by someone who's just a really important person in my life, who I just I'm, cherish my friendship with them very much. Uh, And I love the song because it kind of, it talks about, I think something that a lot of people have experienced. It's this moment of kind of telling someone how much they mean to you and then having them maybe not receive that in the right way and not knowing how to go forward with that. Mm. And it's from a beautiful album called The Party, which... Tells a whole narrative. Each song is about a different person's experience at this party and the things that are happening around them. Oh, very cool. So I, I love it. It's a little bit sad, but I just think it's a beautiful song. Okay.
1: All right. Let's take a listen to Andy Schauf's To You. We will rejoin Kira Reed here in the studio in just a few minutes. Torrent back to Essential Conversations with your hosts, Rebecca and Luca, and we are here with Kira Reed, uh, the summer outreach and programming assistant, a queer visual artist, a student of sociology, and Kira's first song request today was Andy Schauff's To You, which we just took a listen to. It was quite mellow.
2: It was I quite mellow. liked that. Yeah. yeah.
1: I found it more mellow oh, than sad. Weren't you saying on the... Oh, you got all surprised when I just pointed at you and got excited. Yes? <laughs> Luca was like, "Whoa, oh, what? Mm. <laughs> um, on the way up, you were talking about the feeling of melancholy. Yeah, I'm feeling it in the air at the moment. Yeah, the sense, it. the it sense really of melancholy, did. and yeah. I don't know what...
3: It's not like sad, sad.
2: It's not for it's me. Just it's just an edge of sad. Yeah, for me, it's really when you start to really listen to the lyrics, mm-hmm. you're like, oh wow, I, oh my and heart is heart. Asshole, <laughs> yeah. kind of
1: yeah. uh, a little bit sensitive. I appreciate music so much for that, for being that entry point into. F- finding not only the words but emotion gets evoked through the, through the music itself mm-hmm. and it gives that outlet of like this is what I'm feeling yeah. that I cannot say yeah. sometimes
2: it can be helpful and not helpful I know when right. I was a teenager I'd be sad and i was like okay time to turn on the saddest album that I have and uh, intensify this feeling oh, yeah. for some reason uh, <laughs> but sometimes yeah.
3: that helps Like from a, from a therapeutic perspective yeah. you go into it deeper and mm. you come out the other side
1: I've um, been... On occasion. Well, I've actually been seeing a lot of stuff that's come out recently about, um, like, heavy metal, like the rage, like, rage metal stuff, right? Okay. Which I've always been, like, oh, kind of intimidated by, not really my thing. And people who listen to it, oh, a little scary. But the, the <laughs> research has been coming. It's actually really helpful. It doesn't create rage. It allows, no, no. it creates an opportunity for it to be expressed, to be processed, and to come out the other side. And I was like, okay, I can mm-hmm. get behind that. This is an important thing for perhaps healing. And, and especially when it showed
3: up in our society. So we talked about the sociological side of it, right? There was a lot of rage that needed to be expressed when the first heavy metal was coming out.
2: Yeah, I heard right? it was
3: not not well received. <laughs> <laughs> but there was so much repression at that time. Yeah, yeah. right. We were coming out of the fifties, right. where yes. so you know one part went into heavy metal and the other one went into folk music. Yeah. And, but that but folk music was not just about pretty flowers and peace, but it was uh, it was also about it was a protest movement right. in, a, in another way. Right, mm-hmm. it was very much about um, challenging the mores of the time.
1: So yeah. So I want to ask about a couple of your show-and-tell items. Sure, let's do it. Yes, I love show-and-tell stuff. It's so much fun. Um, Can you tell me about your tattoo? Okay, so I I
2: technically did actually bring that with me, but it's on my (laughs) life. It's it's on on your body. Yeah, Uh, My tattoo, I got it, it's my first tattoo, and I got it a month and a half ago. When you say first,
3: does that mean that you're planning on another one? I already
2: have my second one booked (laughs) for the end of this month. Uh, (laughs) Uh, They're Moorish. Yes. (laughs) I, I love it it's I think you you tweeted an image yeah. of it yeah uh, it's kind of to me it was a little more abstract when I looked at it I was like I really just love that that's, that shape it's great and beautiful and that's what I that's what I want um, but when I talked to the artist who's actually a friend of mine uh, she was saying that it's a sunrise or like a burst of light and I thought mm-hmm. what a lovely idea <laughs> amplifies me wanting to, to put it on my body permanently Uh but it just I, I brought it as my show and tell item because it's it does kind of symbolize a a good moment in my life. I just feel like this summer in particular with this job with meeting new friends, uh, I kind of I had some like bad issues with anxiety and stuff, a few semesters ago, where I was like, I need to get some help. And I got the help, and I'm doing a lot better. Amazing. So I just kind of, I'm g- coming into a better moment in my Aww. life. And I was like, let's symbolize this with something. I like that. Uh, and having it done by someone that I know and it, like, oh, whose company cool. I enjoy was oh, nice. really nice. Yes.
1: Yeah. I like that story. Thank you for that story. I find <laughs> a lot of tattoos are like that, that
3: I can look at them and I, I will have a, a, an impression it, it'll mean something to me. But but it's a starting point for a conversation with the person about what it is for them and how it how it got there and um, the what it is about it that they hope will go with them into the
1: future. Yeah,
3: it's and it's meaningful
1: because I've had uh, I have quite a number of friends who have a lot of tattoos, and I've. I don't have any. I just haven't done that. The idea of having something stuck on me for the rest of my life, I'm too changeable. <laughs> too <breaky laughs> like, break. I need yeah. something. I can do Hannah Because then it's yes. like, I get to change it. I can yeah. try new things. Yes. Um, but I've been, I've been listening to them describe etiquette. Around tattoos mm-hmm. and and their opinion is like no you, I may have it on my body but these stories did my are life not history. necessarily for you. Yes. And so yeah, asking yeah. somebody about the tattoos without being without p- that person volunteering, they're like no, don't do it and absolutely no touching of the tattoos. No, no, blah, no, blah, no. right? I yeah, mean, yeah, it makes yeah. sense, but at the same time, there's plenty of us humans out there that are just so curious that we just I think we might see it as an invitation. So maybe it's important to kind of mental note anybody out. who's yes. listening. Just because someone has a tattoo, that is an expression of self. It is not an invitation for you to invade their self.
2: Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, it's interesting that you mentioned not wanting to the tattoos being very like a permanent thing. Mm. It, part of one. Of, A little bit of a reason that I I got it. I've always wanted a tattoo. I remember being a kid and being like, I can't wait. Okay, i plan, 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 plan. I really want one. Um, I wanted to prove to myself that I could make permanent decisions because I can be (laughs) an indecisive person. Uh, It's a bit in my nature to be kind of indecisive and have a really hard time with things that feel permanent. Mm -hmm. So getting the tattoo felt like a step in that
1: direction as well. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, so that was the deliberate... It's yeah. the process
3: around it, mm-hmm. uh, as well as what it is when it's on your skin.
1: And sounds right. like a commitment yeah. to self. Yeah. 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 And I love that it's a symbol of like this dawning, like this new, a newness in your life. A new age. I <laughs> can imagine that that will be a pleasant thing to touch in on many times in the future.
2: I think so. Yeah, because there's
1: always going to be the possibility yeah. for a new day and a new, a new era. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Lovely. And you've brought a book that I am so curious to hear about. So let's go there because I really want to hear about the book.
2: I brought The Phantom Tollbooth by Norton Juster. It was my favorite book as a kid and maintains its position as mm-hmm. one of my favorite books now as an adult. And uh, you've got it covered in plastic, have, so you keep this it in is, good condition. This is like the 50th anniversary edition of the book. It has like a map oh, wow. of the world in it, like the world
3: of the book in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're tweeting this out, by the way. So for anybody who's listening, um, all of these lovely snippets and links and all of that, where we, uh, we always tweet them out and our Twitter handle is Essential Conv, which is spelled Essence, T-I-A-L-C-O-N-V. So if you'd like to see a copy and a link to where
1: you can find out more about this book. um, So tell me, tell me more about the book. So let's get into it. So
2: the kind of basic plot of the book is this little boy called Milo is just really bored with his life. He's bored with going to school. He doesn't want to do any things that he's regularly doing Um, and he goes home one day and he finds. He's like playing around in his room, and he finds this box, like a package. And he's like, okay, I, I, I'll open that. And inside there's a toy toll booth. Mm-hmm. And he thinks, you know what, what's the harm? Sets up the toll booth, takes his toy car, and drives through the, the toll booth and ends up in a different world. <laughs> and the whole book is about his journey through this world and the people that he meets and the things that he learns and in his effort to, to get back home. But the characters are just... They're so unique. They're so quirky. They're they're unlike any other book characters that I have encountered, I guess, is a way to put it. Uh, it. There's just such deep creativity in, in the writing and in... There's a lot of, like, plays on words and th- the illustrations are beautiful as well, which is something that I enjoy as an artist, so... How
3: old were you when you read it the first time?
2: The first time... Well, my mom read it to me for the first time and I mm-hmm. was probably around seven years old. Yeah, and I've read it... Six times, probably more. <laughs> yeah. Does it
3: does it keep revealing something more to you each time you read it? Because yeah. you're because you're getting older as you're reading it.
2: Yeah, I think the the first few times I read it, I didn't get the little kind of uh, like play play on words is the best way to put it. Like there's mm-hmm. one part where they're in a car in like uh, a kingdom that's based around this idea of language and like the alphabet. Um, and they're like, "Why isn't the car moving? Why isn't the car moving?" And one of the people's like, "Shh!" It goes without saying. Mm. So they have to be quiet for the car to start moving, and it's just little things like that. Yeah, yes, that you wouldn't, that get, I wouldn't until really older get until you're yeah. you don't.
3: Yeah, 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 I like that. That's so
1: cool. It's a language thing. it
3: makes me want to read the book because I never read yes. that when I was a kid.
1: Yeah, when I was growing up, um, some of the the best books for me were you know the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, the whole Narnia chronicles, and the and the Wizard of Oz or the Oz series, which actually we talked about the other week with um, another guest. Uh, yeah, Oz. that
3: there was more than just the Wizard of Oz. Yes, there it was. Some, there were sequels to it that I never knew. Yeah,
1: I used yeah. I read all of those ones. I was right into that, but these mm-hmm. other worlds, right? And this is one I haven't heard of. So now I'm like, ooh, I can mm-hmm. have a first time with. Another one that'll be fun, yeah. yeah. It's
2: definitely worth reading. I yeah. think it's enjoyable for anyone of any age, yeah. So. Very
1: cool. Thank you for introducing us to that. Yours. Mm-hmm. Do you want to do any illustrations for books? Oh, I'd love to. Um, I it's been a long time since I've
2: done illustration, uh, but I do love doing it. One of the things that I got to do in high school was um, my school had this cool thing called like a digital media academy, which is cool a school inside of school, which was awesome. And yeah. I did the introductory version of that it never went into the actual academy but one of my projects was creating a children's book so Mm. i got to do illustrations with some text that i wrote and that was a great experience so if i had the opportunity to do that again that would be great but we'll see are you interested in writing the stories as well um i think i have the capability of doing it but it's not it's not where my strengths are i -hmm. don't think
1: that you know of
2: that i know of yes yeah
1: Mm mm-hmm now I have an idea brewing, because I still need illustrations for a children's book I wrote. Oh, yeah. Ago, we
3: read I've... it on air, at Halloween one year. And cool. it's a fabulous story. <laughs> and it definitely is begging for illustrations. It
1: needs illustrations. It's called Henrietta Her- uh, Hairpin and the Grand Banana. Very
3: cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's about witch- witches, which is why we read it at, at, Halloween. at Halloween. Yes.
1: Yes. Yes. Anyways, so we have another song. I think now's a good time to play it. So we've got David Bowie's Rock and Roll Suicide was Mm -hmm. your second song for the day. Why have you chosen this song?
2: Ah, It takes me back to high school. I had... I I guess you can call it a phase, but it hasn't ended really uh, in high school (laughs) of being really into... It was like straight edge punk in high school. Uh, So I was really into, like, 70s and 80s punk music. And then David Bowie for some reason. Wow, Um, (laughs) he's right in there in the mix. That makes sense. Uh, (laughs) And I just, I've always really loved his, like, lyricism. Like, the lyrics Mm -hmm. that he's able to create. I was fascinated by, like, the Aladdin, Sane, Ziggy Stardust aesthetic in high school. I was like, how do I look like that? How can I make my hair look like that orange Mm. mullet? Uh, (laughs) Yeah. And again, it's a song that was introduced to me by a very good friend at the time uh, who made a very positive impact in my life. And with this particular song, I appreciate the lyrics of You're Not Alone. Mm.
1: Uh,
2: Yeah, yeah, it's really a nice message.
1: All right, let's take a listen to David Bowie's Rock and Roll Suicide. We will rejoin Kira Reed here in the studio in just a few minutes.
0: Takes a cigarette, puts it in your mouth. You pull on your finger, then another finger, then a cigarette. The water wall is calling, it lingers, then you forget. Oh, 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 you're a rock and roll suicide.
1: Listening to Essential Conversations with Rebecca and Luca. And our guest today is Kira Reed, who is here at CJSF as the summer outreach and programming assistant. They are also a queer visual artist and a student of sociology, and we are going all into the nooks and crannies of their life, asking <laughs> questions about all kinds of things. We just took a listen to their uh, second song request of the day, which was David Bowie's Rock and Roll Suicide. And thanks for the introduction for that. I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. It's like both the edginess. But then the there's, um, yeah, especially from Bowie, there's this sort of tenderness that can come through his yeah. work. And so even while you're being rebellious, the or pushing the edges, the knowledge of you're not alone, which you were saying is, yeah, the phrase that was really standing yeah. out to you.
2: It really does. I think it's it, it just it's an important lyric. Just having someone yell at you that you're not alone is it's nice. Mm. <laughs>
1: exactly, you're not alone.
3: And I always had the feeling that Bowie got that. I mean, he wouldn't have been singing about it if it hadn't really mattered. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I I never had the sense that he really fit in anywhere. It's like he created his own niche and then he moved in and occupied it.
2: <laughs> yeah, and then
3: other people could move in there with him. Yeah, because he's a unique guy.
1: Um. So I'm having thoughts about the degree that you're pursuing and your art and radio Mm -hmm. (laughs) and who you've been since you were little and what is it that you're feeling pulled to step into in your first phase of adulthood? We won't require you to stay in this dreamology for, you know, make it expand through the whole of your future, but. That's tricky. What would you like to explore? What's calling you? I, oh, wow. Um, it's something I've been
2: trying to think about more and more because I feel like I'm being pulled in a few different directions. Right now, my priority is to finish my degree for sure. Um, but after that, I know that I want to work in something, if I can find it, that will will bring together my interests. So I'm hoping that I'll be able to work somewhere in, in media, potentially. Uh, mm-hmm. So maybe radio. I was volunteering a little bit at a magazine before... Um, but doing something that allows me to take my knowledge of social structures and kind of how s- social situations can function, mm-hmm. uh, and mixing that with my creative mind or the parts of my mind that are creative, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And that's what I would like to do in terms of, like, things, in terms of where I'm going to be. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe maybe still here, maybe another city. What I
1: love about what you just described is it's about what you would like to be contributing, what you would like to be active in, and that you have the openness in terms of however this could show up,
3: (laughs) which is true. Well, we don't know yet how it could be, right? Exactly.
1: And there could be, it could could look like one of a hundred different, Ways in which you could be active with your art, using what you've learned in sociology, mm-hmm. and using it for the better of people around you, and um, and the comfort that you're building through your work here at CGSF. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, this Turn job on. has definitely
2: helped me be more confident in terms... Because I've had to go on air a few times. Uh, and well, how was hired. that, like, going on air? How did you feel first about that? The first time I did it was completely terrifying for about 30 <laughs> seconds. And then I was like, ah, oh, this is actually pretty comfortable. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but it was like- a bit of a shock. It was my first day, and Robin was in here, I think, doing speak up. and was just like, why don't you sit with me and we'll chat on air. And I just walked <gasps> into the job and I was like, ah, okay, sure, let's do it.
1: Yeah. But it's Talk been about a great experience. Jumping into the deep end, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it though. And you had mentioned that um, you'd struggled with anxiety in mm-hmm. the past and that this was a deliberate move as well to connect with other people who might have similar interests or outlooks or yes. m- desires of where they want to put their energy, mm-hmm. maybe t- for you. So... What if if there's people listening right now who maybe have similar wants or wishes that they could expand and they maybe are wondering how could CJSF help that with them? What would you like to say to them? I think
2: CJSF is a community, which is one of the things that I love about it. When I walked in here, it was not like everyone's kind of disconnected and they're just doing their own thing and not talking to each other. There's a sense of community and like friendship here, mm-hmm. which I love. Uh, and that's what really kept me here as a volunteer. And I think if vol- if volunteers are looking, if people are looking to volunteer and then looking for a way to, to meet people who are like-minded or who might like open up their, their thinking a little bit even, this is a great place to be. And the volunteer options are like very diverse. You can be a programmer, you can work in the music library, you can help out with like outreach. There's just a lot of options, and you get to meet some really cool people.
3: Mm-hmm. It's a, it's an exploratory place, right? Like, you yeah. don't have to be a, a, a radio person to come in here. No, no. It's like, well, come on in and explore it, and
1: come on air, and learn some new skills, and then see how you feel about it. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's it's Especially even as you were describing that first day, right? Robin inviting you to come and <laughs> sit down with her and do the show. <laughs> it's the... You're not necessarily going to be thrown in on your own into yeah. the deep end. It's the, hey, I'm already in here. Do you want to come and just be alongside me and yes. see how it feels and kind of get cozied up to some new experiences and new skills, mm-hmm. etc. And, yeah, I I agree with you. I think our experience with CGSF as well is, mm-hmm. is that community feel. Um, we walk in, there's always the hellos. There's people care about each other. Mm-hmm. And um, it's got that community feel but it's it's the open community feel it's not that closed yeah. community where it's like clicky Mm-mm. it's ready and expectant and welcoming for people who may not even look or be like anybody else who's already here it's okay mm-hmm. we'll make space at the table we'll f- there's <laughs> the a curiosity
3: whole... about who you might be yeah. as opposed to uh what are you doing here yeah 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 mm-hmm. exactly. or what can you give us it's more like, oh, look, a new person. Yeah. And, and where might you like to play? Yes.
2: <laughs> yeah. One of the things I loved when I was learning about the station, even I think it was mentioned in like my interview with uh, Robin and Magnus, was that it's what they want to do is they want to see what you're interested in and see how they can help you talk to people about that. Mm-hmm. It's not about how you can fit into what they already have. It's how can you add to this yeah. and make it a more interesting and like diverse space. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So Mm -hmm. in your time here, is there anything that you'd love to see more of, even if it's not something that you feel it's yours that you want to create? Is there anything that you feel like CGSF could really benefit from having? Because this could, talking about that could become an invitation for people listening to be like, oh, yeah, I'd love to contribute Um, that. Gosh, I don't, I don't know. It's a hard question to answer because I feel like there's just always so much
2: going on here that it's hard to keep track of everything that they already have. But yeah. I, I'd i like to see, and this is a hard thing to, to say because, like, young people are so busy all the time. But a lot of the consistent talk programming shows are not run by, like, students. Right. Because... Uh, yeah hosting a show and coming up with ideas for like an episode every week is a huge huge commitment and if you're in school full-time and you're working part-time at the same time it can be right a lot um but it's something i'd like to do mm-hmm. uh is create my own show uh and i know that some people are currently kind of working on that but i think that's something that would be nice to see is having mm. more people like millennials or yeah mm. younger people uh doing like, and creating it shows. as a a short series of shows,
3: yes, like as a, um, as a regular at, yeah, program, so that you don't, so you don't have to commit to doing it for years and years. Yeah, but you could maybe do a series of six.
2: Yeah, that would be cool,
3: and then and so you can really develop something and get some momentum going, and then wrap it up,
1: and
2: that can be although, done within
1: a term. Although what I'm hearing from you is that even just something that is that open ended, something regular to be tuned into, would be really lovely. It would be nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Absolutely.
3: More young yeah, blood, yeah. <laughs> bring it. Well, and, and and the more we bring these things out and talk about them, the more possible they are, right? Mm-hmm. It's like we allow ourselves to dream,
1: yeah. And then we, uh, yeah. And then we can play with it. One of the things that I love, even if the um, the shows themselves aren't necessarily some ones that I would tune in, if I accidentally tune in, they give me great delight. All of the shows that are from different uh, ethnic backgrounds or different, um, pulling out the music from different cult- uh, countries or cultures, and there is you get you get just like a little flavor, right? Yeah, and I love that. I love that CGSF gives space and creates space for that here. It um, does my heart good
3: when we have the annual general meeting, there's all these people show up that we don't normally come across because they're creating their own materials and and many of them are are broadcasting in their own language mm-hmm. so we couldn't even understand it if we if we heard it. But they speak English, so when we, when we come together in a group, we get to talk to them. And it's a fascinating diaspora, mm-hmm. um, just in the people who are broadcasting here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So what does this fall hold for you?
2: This fall holds going back to school full time, mm-hmm. uh, which I am excited about. I'm a little nervous because I've been taking part time courses for the last semester. Yeah, last semester. Mm. And then this one, I'm, I'm not in school at all because I'm working right. full time. <laughs> uh, so it'll be a bit of a shock to the system, I think, <laughs> to jump back into full time schooling. Uh, and I'm working part time as well. Right. But I'm looking forward to it. I'm oh, yeah. really so excited. So, this is your final year? I wish <laughs> no. So uh, this is your third year. It's my third this year, third year. Okay. but uh, it's like kind of between the third and fourth. But I've been taking, like I said, mm-hmm. a little right. bit, taking it a little, little slower, bits and pieces. Yeah. Uh, just because that's what I can. That's yeah. the best I can manage. Yeah. I think uh, that's
1: great. I think it's good. Yeah. I honestly, the whole again, this could tie into that whole rant on productivity and like, yeah. oh, this is the way that you should do schooling. Like whatever. Come on. If we, <laughs> the point is to learn. Yeah. Yes. So if you discover not just you, Carol, mm-hmm. <laughs> but like or any or of you. us, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Realize that this is the way in which I learn the best, and to have the courage to just pursue it that way, because mm-hmm. the end result is you'll, you're going to be happy with what you with what you, and you'll probably get more out of it. Yeah.
3: Exactly. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, but I am very excited for the courses I'm taking. So I think that'll help. Well, that's the yeah. thing too when you start to get into where instead of it's just okay, these are the ones I have to. It's like the first the foundation layer, okay? You know, I know and some of the stuff is interesting, some of it's not, but you start to get the the pieces that make you feel like Ooh, yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, I can focus on, oh, I can get a whole chunk on just the ooh, yeah, yeah, and then I, you know, now I'm thinking back to college, and it's like, oh, and then I had to take statistics. It's
2: like <laughs> I, uh, I had to take one of those. Well. I've got one more left, and I'm avoiding it. but,
1: good. but yeah. important, right? Yeah, so these these things are still important. They still taught me good things that do pop up occasionally, only occasionally
3: though. <laughs> <laughs> and then I pray for the the inspiring teacher. Right. Oh, I've, yeah. Because you can take a dull topic, and if you've got a great teacher, that can open the doors and windows on it. One mm-hmm. of the profs
2: for one of the courses I'm taking next semester is someone I'm kind of following around. I had her as a prof a few semesters ago, and she's just amazing. Following her as much as I can, mm-hmm. being like, hey, okay, when's the next course that you're teaching? Because I need to be in it.
1: So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cindy Patton, if you're in the sociology, professor's groupie.
2: <laughs> she's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Good <laughs>
1: to know. Right on. Cool. And so, when you are you you say you have your, the intention of continuing on with CGSF as a volunteer? Yes. And how do you want to keep your finger in here?
2: Mm, I think right now jambalaya is my best option. I enjoy doing it, and it's low commitment in terms of uh, mental things because right. I think I'll be overloaded uh, in the fall. But in the future, I would. I've got some ideas floating around about a potential show proposal. So we'll cool. see. Yeah.
1: Well, you need to keep us uh, posted about that Definitely. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll yeah. be sure to do the show promos for you when you get it going. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. 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 And things evolve. I mean, I I first got involved here at the station because of um, Oh, I'm blanking on what was the name, the feminist show. Um Intravenous. Intravenous. Uh, They needed more hosts for that. And I just saw a call out. And so I was like, I don't know why I'm responding, but I am interested. And talked about it with Luca. And then Luca was like, well, I'll do a show with you. So I started learning the board, learning just how to get comfortable behind the microphone, discovered that um, my our coach training and same with Luca that's how we'd met ended up making it very comfortable for just asking questions on the fly because that's what we do for our work all the time we have to stay present Mm -hmm. and ask questions on the fly so um, it evolved right started with one thing moved into something that became our own and then we had all the space to explore it and it's five years down the road so you just never know.
2: Yeah. yeah. I've actually been co hosting intravenous with Robin on some Wednesday mornings, which cool. has been fun.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was a fun show to do. that and Jambalaya
3: are the are the sort of the entry points, yes. right? To get your feet wet, get behind the mic, get behind the board, try it out. Yeah, it's a lot of
1: fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then and then find your feet and decide what you want to do from there. Yeah. But I have to say that I think for anybody who's listening, it definitely can feel like a wait, what moment to realize that there is a radio station out there that has room for you? Yeah. If you're interested and curious and you have something you'd like to contribute, something you'd like to create, CGSF is a welcoming place. You actually, yes, you, could come (laughs) Yes, you could sign up to be a volunteer. You don't have to be a student at SFU. Um, Community members, absolutely welcome. Yeah. Yeah. It's great.
3: And you don't have to come right in and have a show or even be behind a mic. You can come in and do some support stuff in the station, mm-hmm. right? And get used to the station and see the shows and hear the shows going on, and
1: yeah, get to before you people. have to
3: really go in and and do anything mm-hmm. that is more up front. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, we are just about out of time today. Kira, is there anybody that might be listening that you would love to hear from?
2: Um, I not no one in particular. Are no particular kind of category or group of people. Um, yeah. I
1: And how could people contact you if they are interested in if connecting with you? If they
2: want to like learn more about me, I guess. Um my Instagram is a public Instagram, so if you want to follow me, you can. Um it's at deadlyfem. Love so it. deadly <laughs> D E A D L Y Fem F E M M E. Yeah. at Deadly It's deadly, not deadly. <laughs> yeah, not deadly. <Dudley>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's me. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's mostly it's mostly just like Photos, but sometimes I'll post my art on there. So cool! Yeah, oh, that's
1: something to look forward to. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Excellent. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much. It was so lovely for to get me. to know you. It's, it's great been to have a you. Great conversation. In this <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Luca, do you want to tell people what's
3: happening for you tomorrow? <laughs> I'm off to Whitehorse. Woohoo! Uh, for two weeks, and I still have a few spots open up there. So if if you know anybody who's up in Whitehorse and might want a reading get in touch. Not much
1: spots left, though. You're getting quite full. I'm almost
3: all full. Um, And also, you and I both um, open for new clients at the moment, so we've got that happening Mm -hmm. as well. So that's coaching
1: clients. That's coaching clients, yeah. yeah. And you're still working on... Blossom Co-Housing. So this is creating options for people, especially single-parent families, to have access to rental housing that is Nicer, more beautiful, more accessible, more supportive than just the the little ready hovels that we often get relegated to because we don't have time and energy to hunt for the good deals. Yeah. So, yes, you can contact us with the info that is going to be in the outro in just a few seconds. And until, well, we do have some shows pre recorded for while Luca's away. So yes. you will hear from us, although yes. it'll be in the future, but recorded in the past. Yes. <laughs> but until next but- time.
3: I wonder what's around the corner. Essential Conversations is brought to you courtesy of Luca Halex, Power Sorcerer.
1: And Rebecca Mears, Certified Coach.
3: Increase your awareness, expand your options, empower yourself. Luca can be
1: reached at www.lucahallux.com. I light the fires that light a thousand more. Connect with Rebecca at catchingfire.ca. Yep, 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 yep.
0: oh, ha, ah, ah, ha, ah, ah. ha, Happy, 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 happy. Boing, 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 boing.
4: Keep. Bo-